Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon Review. We are two brothers who like to rate and review each episode of Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! chronologically and compare them against each other and to past episodes. How are you doing, Sean? Um, I'm doing pretty good, considering this is like the fourth time we've tried this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like now, now I'm finally starting to get down the intro pretty well. <laughs> uh, just all I can do is to suggest to other people is don't go on weird Pokemon fan art websites. It, your computer will not run as well, and you'll have to end recording <laughs> on your phone. Just to clarify, that's not me. That's you going to this. <laughs> it's Rudy research. I have podcast. a podcast. Yeah, yeah, this is our backup uh, plan. We're just recording on our phones. Normally, we go through the laptops, but uh, we're having some audio issues, so we're re-recording it. But And we're also a day behind because... It's Memorial Day weekend, and yeah, working on his yard yesterday, and uh, yeah, I was just, making crap watching wrestling. So, <laughs> just on my dad grind, really. Yeah, just do dad stuff. But how was your how, week? Besides that, uh, pretty good. <laughs> Picked Pokemon Sapphire back up. Uh, a really interesting game. I just remember liking that one more than the others. Maybe because it came out like when I actually understood what was happening in Pokemon games. Uh, it's a pretty good game. Uh, I played it until I passed out. Uh, didn't get very far yet, but keep updated on that. I also picked up two of the Pokemon Mystery Power Boxes that they sell at Walmart. I opened one up already. It, it's supposed to have vintage packs seated one for every five boxes, which is really good for these. It's usually like one in 25 or one in 50 or something like that. So I saw a bunch of podcasters opening up uh, these and the last one I actually heard was uh, the Shadowless podcast. They opened them up, or uh, at least Nate did. Really good podcast, by the way. I like that one. And actually, they promote uh, the drink Zevia all the time, which actually got me to buy Zevia, and I'm drinking Zevia right now, and it's actually really good. Uh, so that was pretty dope. That also helped out. I got that at Walmart when I got this. And... Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I picked one up, opened one up, and I did get a vintage pack. It was Platinum Arceus. Uh, it's like Diamond and Pearl era. I don't really know much about it. But uh, I'm going to open this one up right now and see what we get. Hopefully we get something vintage. A live unboxing of these Pokemon cards. That's awesome. Right, let's see. So I got Sun and Moon Burning Shadows. Okay. Sun and Moon Crimson Invasion. Unified Minds. Not bad. That's not too old. Sword and Shield, actually. That's shocking. Oh. Yeah. Cosmic Eclipse, even more. Sh- that's right before Short and Shield. Yeah. And actually, another Platinum Arceus. Oh, wow. That's I'm two cool. for two. So, Code Card. Uh, and then I. I guess a Mega Requaza pin. Looks very like Chinese dragony. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, it's pretty, that's it's cool. kind of a huge pin. That is, that's well, really big. So, that was actually a really good box. Yeah, um, maybe you can uh, put those pictures up on the Instagram of that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Those pictures are meant just for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I sent those in confidence, dude. Yeah. Anyway, how was your week? Oh, it was good. Like I said, watched some wrestling, made some crowds, which was fun. Reminded me of the homeland. You know, both of us are originally from Maryland, now living in different states. So it was good to, you know, do that. You know, quarantine is still, you know, it is what it is. But, you know. So, uh, yeah, uh, before we get started with the pod, you know, talking about Instagram, that, that reminded me. I want to do a shout out to everyone who's been giving us feedback on Instagram, 
you know, via email. Like, we really appreciate the feedback. We really like interacting with people. So, you know, just uh, keep it up. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been really nice. Uh, it's been all good people just giving us positive feedback, how much they like it. Um, found out on SoundCloud, we're loved in Manchester, UK. So, <laughs> shout out <laughs> Manchester. I did not see that coming. Absolutely, Manchester. It's our top played city. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that blew I my mind. So that's it. sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to Manchester, England, of course. Um, anything you else? You were Man City. I don't. I'm not gonna speak to that. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a football <laughs> fan. So uh, you know, anything that I say, I don't want to. You know, piss off the other side. So <laughs> I'm gonna remain neutral because I am neutral. I'm not gonna pick a side. Yeah, and that gets pretty heated, so we'll leave that one there. <laughs> we like both. Yeah. Well, our dad, who is he? Is he is actually he follows football or something? Yeah, dad and our brother. I think they're both man you. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, anything else before we get into the episode? No, I'm ready to get into it. Okay, great. So we're gonna start off with uh, Pokemon, as always. Episode seven. The Water Flowers of Cerulean City, which first aired in Japan May 13th, 1997, and in the United States, yeah, my birthday, (laughs) and in the United States, September 16th, 1998. So, pick up right where the uh, last episode left off. They're walking to Cerulean City. Brock and Ash and Pikachu, who is very chunky and very cute in this episode, and... He makes this episode for me. I'm just going to go out and say that right now. But either way, Missy catches up to him, tries to convince him not to go to Cerulean City. Yes. Doesn't also, I, this started off my day of technical difficulties. I could not even get my Apple TV to work today. So I actually watched this on DVD. First oh, wow. time I broke open the DVDs in a while. Uh, that really sucked because I thought it would be super simple. I was like, oh, I'm going to get home, just chill. I'm going to get everything set up so I'm ready to record immediately. Then I couldn't even get the show to work. So that was yep. sick. It's just been all day with this. Yeah, that sucks. But also, right, and like when, right around the same time, Missy's like tripping over them going to Cerulean. Brock is already dishing, dissing Ash about Gary, and he doesn't even know him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, I was like, you don't even know, but that's fine. Man. That's an interesting thing, because I was thinking, you know, Brock and Misty always, like, ride Ash, like, making, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, just push his buttons, whereas, mm-hmm. like, Yu-Gi-Oh, Tristan, Taya, and Joey always just try and build up Yugi and always, like, they're always super nice to Yugi. So yeah, the whole thing inter- is, like, build off friendship with them. Yeah, a pretty interesting comparison there, you know. So, uh, which you think would be the opposite way, considering how the shows are put together. Exactly. Yeah, I guess that you need that balance, so you know. Yep. Um. So then, uh, yeah, Misty's trying to stop him from going to school, and said she gives a million excuses, but you know, she's not. You can tell she's just lying, and they don't really know why they want. She wants to stop them, but they know that she's just making stuff up. Mm-hmm. So they end up. Um, in the meantime, we see uh, Team Rocket breaking into some building. We don't know what it is, but they're stealing some piece of machinery, clearly. Um, and then, once they get to Cerulean City, uh, apparently, you know, the uh, 
the police are investigating whoever broke into that building. And Ash and Brock go up to the crowd. You know, they're trying to figure out what's going on. We're introduced to uh, Nurse Joy's sister-in-law. Is that what she said? It was it was Officer Jenny's sister-in-law. Oh, sorry. So it, they yeah. are identical sister-in-laws. That's <laughs> completely unheard of. <laughs> I guess it could happen with some incest involved, but... Well, I mean, that means that Officer Jenny's brother had to marry someone who looked just like his sister, right? Not even just literally identical. There have to be twins. Yeah. Which is, you know, we don't need to get into that. They could have just called them all cousins and that would have been okay. Every single one. Yeah. But they had to say sister in law, which I thought was odd. (laughs) I mean, obviously it's being played for laughs, I guess, but at the same time, thinking logically. (laughs) And it's creepy. But of course. Officer Jenny is I, I assume that's also her name. Is Officer yeah, they're Jenny? all Officer Jenny. Which okay. are, is Jenny their first name or their last name? That's a good point. That's probably <laughs> what it is. Probably their last name. Could be. It would make more sense unless they're all named Jenny. That's I always thought it was the other way, and you're kind uh-huh. of that it's actually yeah. <laughs> Either way, it's not gonna matter, it's weird. <laughs> but of course, for whatever reason, Officer Jenny Officer Jenny's do not like Ash. <laughs> they find no. him very suspicious. <laughs> so she basically confronts Ash and Brock right off the gate, and she's just trying to get them to confess to the crime, basically. Yeah, and what clears them is uh, Ash out in a Pokedex saying that, like, he's a trainer and that Brock has a badge, so he's a gym leader, which Ash also has a badge, so does that mean he's a gym leader? That's a good point. Maybe it's a different badge, you know? Maybe it's, like... It looked exactly the same. I was very confused. Yeah, maybe there's... What gave it away for me as to who stole whatever it was was that it was a vacuum and a large hose. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, kind of know who that's going to (laughs) be. Yeah. (laughs) And also, um, we see Brock's first uh, bit of thirstiness here. It wasn't even that strong, though. That was very casual and not weird. You know, it was casual. You know, he shot a shot. We were talking last week. You were saying that he He, is sort of predatory, but this seems fine to me. No, that's not even like him. That's what's messed up. (laughs) (laughs) This is very acceptable. So uh, after, you know, Joy disperses, or Jenny, sorry. Mm -hmm. Joy, Jenny is the officer. After she disperses the crowd, uh, Ash decides to go to Cerulean gym and he's talking to Brock. Brock says he just has some stuff to check out and he just leaves. Yeah, he just literally was like, oh, I got like some things I got to check out and leave. Also, before <laughs> he left, they're talking about the gym leader because Ash is trying to get the low on him. And uh, yeah. Brock's like, yeah, I know him. I know a special move. Why does he say him if he knows? Well, that's the thing. I was thinking he probably just heard like through the grapevine. Fine, like, oh, yeah, the gym leader just has this special move, you know. He's probably never met, you know, the sisters or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. I just thought that was weird. Yeah. So, um, so Ash goes to the Cerulean City Gym, and there's three synchronized swimmers, and there's a large crowd, and they're just swimming. Yeah. And, uh, first off, Pikachu is mesmerized by the swimming, which I thought was adorable. Another... Pikachu moment. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Jokic. I wouldn't say he was mesmerized by the spinning. It kind of seemed like he wanted to smash. Yeah, there was a little bit of thirstiness in those eyes. Yeah, yeah. honestly, it was worse than Brock's, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I I chose to take the higher and just assume that he just liked the swimming, you know. Golfing, but he, if you will. He is a boy, which, you know, we know by his tail, you know. Right, that's how you know. Although that's, that's not canon <laughs> yet. Not until Gen 4, I think. But, you know, the sharp tail is a male, and then the heart tail is a female. So mm-hmm. there you go. that's your little Pikachu fact of the day. We have them every week. <laughs> so uh, after the show's over, Ash somehow just goes backstage and talks directly to the swimmers. Like, mm-hmm. you think there's some sort of security or someone stopping him? from just going directly to the swimmers after the show. But basically, he's like, you know, I thought this was a Pokemon gym. Why are you guys swimming? Where's the gym leader? How can I fight him? And then that's when they reveal that they are the gym leaders. Yep. And they also yeah. reveal that they're sick of fighting because they just got beat by three uh, trainers from Palatown, which are the three starters, we assume. Mm-hmm. And they're just... They so they don't want to battle because they don't have any Pokemon left. They only have one that only knows one move now <laughs> from it, all the battling. And they're trying to give away the Cascade badge, but he doesn't want it. He wants to earn it first. So mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, also, these girls have, like, Valley Girl accents. One of them so, is Jesse, just a little bit higher pitched. I, and I'm pretty positive. Yeah. So it's like, we had to, like, rush all the Pokemon to the Pokemon. <laughs> so we just have, like, you know, that's basically how they talk. Yes. So uh, they're trying to hand the badge to Ash. Ash, like you said, is not, doesn't want to accept it. He wants to earn it. And then that's when Misty shows up. And First, she re- I have one thing. Mm-hmm. There was a, who's that Pokemon? Was this the first one? That's a good question. I didn't uh, see anything on Bulbapedia about it, but I don't remember any other ones. No, I don't think so. I think that there definitely have been, because I think Caterpie was a who's that Pokemon in one of the Okay, that's probably true. I don't know why I just... Yeah, yeah. It, it's just probably, yeah, you didn't notice it. Well, it was yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah, so there you go. Also, <laughs> Seal is pretty awesome in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, I just have one line that says, I like Seal. Yeah. So Misty reveals that she is sisters with the uh, the swimmers, um, and she says that she'll battle Ash for his, so that he can get his badge, you know. And uh, Ash is like, "Oh, this is going to be easy." Pikachu, once again, being adorable. This is my favorite Pikachu moment of the episode. He doesn't want to battle Misty because they're friends, and uh, he just kind of bows out. <laughs> and yeah. So. Ash and Misty start battling. I don't have a lot of notes written down just because it's, you know, a lot of action. I have some things. Um, it isn't much of a battlefield, but I like it. It seemed kind of lazy, just like these random little platforms, but I thought it's cool it's in the water. Um, yeah, I thought that was cool, too. And I'd wondered if they kind of wrote in Pikachu getting out of it because of the easy type of advantage. It would have just been a wash. That's a good point. Yeah, maybe. And depends well, um, logically with the story. Another thing is, every time she sends out somebody, she uh, speaks in third person. I didn't notice that. Yeah, so she's like, 
Ash sends out Butterfree, and he's, she's like, okay, then Misty will send out Staryu. Hmm. I thought that was weird. Um, yeah, it a little weird. The stun spore thing was weird. Oh, when you can just go in the water to remove stun spore? Yeah, apparently that's how it works. Yeah, that's one of those things. That's like something we see in Yu-Gi-Oh! a lot, where it's... Yeah, oh, okay, dude. Not, uh, yeah, more. that is going to be brutal today, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> I'm pretty upset about that one. <laughs> Back to Pokemon, though. <laughs> okay, yeah, because I'm going to get mad. Um, <laughs> but Staryu gets Butterfree into the water, so he has to return it. And for whatever reason, that makes her return Staryu and send out Starmie against Ash's Pidgeotto. Uh, Starmie gets worked by a gust and is about to faint. His light's flashing, and the Team Rocket yep. busts in right before Pidgeotto finishes it off. I just have one thing to add was that there was another Pikachu moment where he was kind of like rooting on Misty. Yes. <laughs> Ash was just like, you're supposed to be on my side. So, you know, and Seal's Pikachu. just clapping for anybody. Yeah, Seal's just happy to be there. <laughs> so, uh, like you said, Team Rocket busts in. I noticed that James sounds weird. Yeah, and, uh, it's. I think his voice changes soon. Yep. I, uh, a little... Uh, preview of our notes trivia and changes section uh james's voice actor changes the next appearance this is the last appearance of his first oh, voice sick. actor so that's why he still sounds a little bit weird but basically so they have the vacuum and the giant hose and they're trying to suck up all of the water from the gym and theoretically all of the pokemon that are in it you know yep so uh you know pikachu pretty quickly Blast them away. It was, uh, yeah, they tried to steal Pikachu using water, knowing that it always shocks you was just a bad yeah. idea. <laughs> They're shown to be, uh, you know, pretty dumb. <laughs> Every yes, time. to say the least. So Pikachu blasts them away, but the uh, the hose is still sucking. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> facts, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the hose is still sucking. <laughs> oh, man, we might have to put that there. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm keeping that one in. We <laughs> go up onto the vacuum and uh, basically reverse the pressure and it splits out Pikachu. So. And that actually earns Ash's badge. Well, it doesn't earn him his badge. They, they give him the badge for that, which would be the second badge he's gotten, and he hasn't earned any of them. He's never actually won. That's true. He really he hasn't even finished like a real Pokemon battle. No, Everything either gets interrupted or <laughs> And he has two badges. Yeah. So yeah. So then uh, you know, they're all meeting outside, they're sending him off on their way, and Misty's sisters are still being really mean to Misty, which they have been the entire episode, you know, basically saying that they're, you know, successful and pretty and stuff and that she's not, and that she'll never be a good as good of a trainer. But at the end, they're kind of being as supportive as they can be. And they do say, you know, you, you know we love you and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's when Brock <laughs> brushed <Yeah>. it off. <laughs> I don't what he's been checking out. Who? <laughs> they don't elaborate on anything. He's after him, but he's just like, all right, great. Yeah, let's go. Let's go, guys. He just let's shows up. All right, you're done. Cool. Let's get going. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, what if you met up with Officer Jenny? I mean, you know, I'm thinking he said he has to go check things out and then he suddenly rushes out like 
like your accusations against Brock last episode make me think that maybe he's getting into something he's not supposed to be doing. <laughs> and that someone's maybe after him. That makes sense. You know, based on how we don't find out ever what he was doing. and Yeah, it's all- so weird that they don't say anything in the show. Yeah, he's in such a hurry at the end. He gives such a vague reason for leaving and then just shows up in the last second. It's like, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. So that was the episode. Before we get into the ratings, I will do, as I teased a couple minutes ago, the trivia changes and errors uh, section. So, as I've said, this is uh, Ted Lewis's last full episode, voicing James. He will be replaced by Eric Stewart towards the end of next episode. Oh, I should mention that this is courtesy of Bulbapedia, the online Pokemon encyclopedia, which we recommend to everyone, every Pokemon fan. Of course, Brock's absence during this episode is never explained. (laughs) That's on there? It is, yeah. That's awesome. So you're only left to um, guess. And then uh, this was pretty interesting. This uh, this is a weird thing to talk about. But in the dub edits. Oh, of course. So in the Japanese version, here's what it says on Bulbapedia. When Ash's Pokedex reads Staryu, it classifies the Pokemon as a hermaphrodite. Ash calls this strange, and Misty tells him that it shouldn't matter who someone falls in love with. And the English dub, the Pokédex, makes no mention of Star Thunder. Except has the Shining Core, which is still the type of jewelry. Ash now remarks that it's typical of jo- girls to show off jewelry, which Miss responds by telling him to quit selling. So that was one of those things where you just read it and you're like, what's going on there? It's so weird. Like, you know, I guess it's, you know, it's just weird. It's a weird thing to bring up in a kid's show. But. Very confusing. That is strange. <laughs> I thought that was odd. So, Does that affect yeah. your rating? No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. But, you know, it does make sense because I think that, like, you know, if we're getting into it, a starfish, right, can change its gender from, I know, from a little... I did marine. not know that. But if I, if I remember correctly, they are, like, they are asexual and they can change their gender. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm getting confused with something else, you know, but that's your little <laughs> trivia errors and dub. <laughs> I think I've called it something different. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, do you want to go first with the rating or do you want me to? Sure, I can go. Um, other than me getting a badge you didn't earn and seal, this episode wasn't that great. Uh Brock being shady was interesting. That actually was like one of the best things for me in this episode. Uh, that's about it. I mean, I didn't really enjoy it that much. I think if they okay. could have actually battled, it would have been really good. But I give it a 60. Okay. Yeah, once again, you're going a little bit lower than I am. Yeah, as always. Um, a little bit harsher. But, yeah, I thought it was a good episode. Um, it had some good funny moments. Um Good battling, you know. We get to see Ash and Misty battle. Like you said, Brock is pretty interesting. This episode <laughs> really makes you think. Um, Team Rocket really is a non-factor, but but overall, I thought it was a good episode. And I went with uh, same as last time. Pretty mediocre score for a pretty mediocre episode. Uh, Seventy-five. You know, good, but not. okay. Yeah, I can respect so, it. Yeah. 
So now it's time for the Yu-Gi-Oh! episode of the week. If you are ready. You know I am. So this is episode 7. This is Attack from the Deep, also known as Sea God Leviathan. I like that one better. Yeah, I guess that's the Japanese version. Yeah, it's the Japanese version. So here we're using the Yu-Gi-Oh! wiki, which is also (laughs) useful. I don't use it as much as Bulbapedia, because Bulbapedia has so much information, I can't get over that. But uh, this one first aired in Japan, May 30th, 2000, and the United States, November 10th, 2001. So, basically... Okay, well, first thing I thought of, I could not remember Mako Tsunami's name, but I was like, okay, Attack from the Deep, that's going to be the harpoon guy from the previous episodes, or spear guy. Um, but also, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. It's an aquatic-themed episode, episode 7. You know, because we had an aquatic episode with Pokemon, and now we have an aquatic episode of Yu-Gi-Oh. Honestly, I didn't even piece that together. Yeah, so uh, we uh, start off, uh, basically, at the end of last episode, Joey's still celebrating beating Mai, and Tristan and Terry are just like, okay, we didn't see that coming. Hugo's like, oh, yeah, you always had it then. But <laughs> everyone's hungry. You know, it's I just, guess. It's the first time you've been bringing up food since getting there. So I'm kind of wondering how long are they going without food? Like three days? Well, I don't know because. Wait, did that all happen like in one day? It seems like it, because, I mean, as soon as they got off the boat, they go to battle Weevil, basically, because Weevil runs into the woods after, you know, Pegasus gives a speech or whatever. And then <laughs> they follow him in, they battle for two episodes, and then right after that battle ends, Mai shows up and challenges Joey. So this is still the same day. That's it's a day, crazy. dude. Yeah, it's been a, a hell of a day. So everyone's getting hungry, <laughs> justifiably so. So uh, Tristan pulls out a survivor guide, and Joey says, can you eat it? Which I thought was kind of funny. Joey's got a couple good lines in this episode. He always does. Um, Joey's nose uh, leads him to the uh, Mako Tsunami's camp, and uh, Joey and Tristan both run to eat the fish that are frying at the campfire. Yeah, and that fish looks so disgusting. And it's just a whole fish, like, on a stick. <laughs> Add everything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It wasn't, like, yeah. scaled or anything. It was a whole fish just with a steak through it barbecuing. Yeah, there wasn't enough on this uh, wiki page to go into the trivia dubs and edits for this episode. But I did notice that there was a change of, uh, originally in the Japanese version, they'd show a close-up of the fish, like, Wiggling on the stick while it's still being, I guess so. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. or okay. maybe that's <laughs> actually no, maybe that's on Mako's beer. Okay, uh, okay. you know what? That actually makes sense. I feel like I've seen that. So that's one of those things where we talk about this is more violent, but also they cut out more from for violence when they change it to English when they dub it in English. So. And uh, once Mako jumps up and they notice it's Mako Tsunami's camp or whatever. It, they're like arguing back and forth and Yuki ends up realizing it's Mako. Mm-hmm. How could you ever not realize it's Mako? <laughs> he just, he's like the, the fishing guy and he has no shirt on yeah. with a spear <laughs> he and he, out of the ocean up to the top of a cliff. <laughs> Basically rode a wave up there. Yeah. And he's got 
insane hair, scars all over his body. He's holding a spear at all times. Yeah, and he's like, oh, wait, you're making a tsunami, right? Is that <laughs> something I could about be wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things that I love about Yu Gi Oh! It's a character design. I Because I, I remember, and it still kind of cracks me up when we first are introduced to Mako. <laughs> He's just in the middle of a crowd of normal people. It just cuts to this guy, shirtless, <laughs> with this huge hair, spear, scars all over his body. Like, you're like, okay, clearly that guy's going to be a character. <laughs> also, uh, so he reveals it to be a trap that he had set by setting fish out cooking. Yep. That he, I guess it would lure people in. And it already lured someone in, but they weren't worthy enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, when he's talking, they realize there's an octopus on his head. And they're, like, laughing about it. And he throws it off, and Joey's, like, freaking out because he wanted to eat it. <laughs> I didn't know that's hilarious. An uncooked even... octopus, I guess. <laughs> Dude, Joey is hungry. And also, uh, Mako actually recognizes Yugi from yes. beating Kaiba. He's like, oh, you're the one who beat Kaiba. And he's like, okay, so you guys fell into my trap. You took the bait. You know, fishing puns. Just like Weevil always has bug puns, this guy has fishing puns. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then uh, <laughs> Joey calls him chicken of the sea, mm-hmm. but, which is funny, uh, <laughs> but he challenges Yugi to a duel and uh, they get it going. The yeah, out comes Yami. Rises up from the ocean. That's half oh. ocean. I just remembered something. Yeah. So I, uh, when Yami Yuki's coming out and he's like, yeah, yeah, or whatever, I was like, let me just Google and see like what this is even about. So I Googled what does Yu-Gi-Oh mean? And yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh in Japanese translates directly to King of Games. King of Games. Yeah. Cool. Actually cool. I didn't know that. No, so me either. Game. So I guess that's why. <laughs> so I guess that's why Yu-Gi-Oh is King of Games and they shorten it to Yu-Gi for the main character. Oh, that's cool. And he's always so, screaming King of Games when he's transforming. That's cool. Um, if you uh, Now that makes me think, because I always thought it was related to the Egyptian you know, stuff with all of the Millennium items. Mm-hmm. What's in there between the Japanese and the Millennium items and Egypt and stuff? I wonder if they get into that at all later on. I don't on. know. I didn't get that far. I was like, oh my God, I don't know what it means. Yeah. Because so, I was baffling for a while. Because I always compared it to like Shazam from Captain Marvel or Shazam as he's now called, where it's just the exclamation that turns him into the character. You know, it's essentially the same thing, really, now that I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, cool. Well, so, yeah, but like you said, it's a half land, half sea field. They're putting two star chips up. Yep. And that kind of leads into, well, Joey, uh, uh, did you catch it? No, I didn't. At the start of the duel, he just screams out, oh, I did. sink that soggy sucker, Yugi. I did not catch that. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> sink that soggy sucker. That might be the sign-off. Yeah, so. that's what I thought, too. I wrote at the end, so I would. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, it starts off. Um, I think he has an octopus or something. Anyway, something's underneath the water. So, Yugi mm-hmm. can't and that's the whole crux of the episode. This happens throughout the uh, episode. But yeah. you're more versed but, with the games. I don't remember this ever being a thing. I don't know no, how it, it could in an actual card game. That's I've 
so I was writing, once again, rules, extremely confusing. And I, I wrote, I forgot to look up, that the card game couldn't have existed at this time. There's no way. No, it did. I think it started like... Did it? Because that doesn't make any sense to me, because it's horrible. I think it started when the mango was a thing, but yeah. So do you have any notes it, on the duel? Because I have a lot. Uh, no, not until mango starts the story. Okay, so I'll start off here. So he has his feral imp, 1300 attack, and uh, the kraken that he played under the water, Mako did, has 1200 attack and 1400 defense, which defense doesn't matter because it's played in attack. And they both get boosted, which it didn't specify how much it's boosted. But either way, they would get the same boost. Yeah. So the Fair Wump has 100 more attack. And when he goes to attack, he loses and he gets destroyed, even though he has more attack. And then Yuki randomly loses 260 life points. Yeah. And then I believe he 260 is kind of what they were losing last time. So I don't know if it's like every time you defeat a monster, you lose 260. Your monster's defeated, you lose 260. I don't know if that's what it is, but they've never explained that. It doesn't make any sense. And uh, then they talk about the electrical attack coming into effect as it's like a type advantage, which it actually ends up not working, but either way, I would have been even more upset. Um, <laughs> and then he, he plays the Feral Imp with the Horn. I think it was the Horn of the Unicorn, which takes up yes. to 2,000 attack. And he attacks the same thing with 1,300, and he loses... And he loses 260 points again. That's I don't like, understand. Yeah, that's so weird. And then when the, his uh, Kyogen or whatever attacks, Lugi loses most of his land base and becomes water. Yeah. And from that attack, he didn't even lose any life points from it. It destroyed his monster, but he didn't lose life points. Yeah. And then here it is with the background on Mako. Okay. Yeah. So Mako starts talking about the sea and... Uh, just making some really vague comments about how it changes men or something. I don't have it written down exactly. But uh, Yugi just says, you mean your father? I'm just like, how? What did, well, where did he get that? <laughs> Maybe he knows Mako's backstory because he is famous. So that's how I kind of justified it in my mind. But at the same time, well, what? But, okay. So Mako tells the story of his, losing his father in the sea. Baby Mako, for yourself, is pretty adorable. Ripped. <laughs> he's still a baby, but he's ripped. I mean, he's probably, like, what? Six to ten? I'd assume, yeah. Yeah, somewhere in there. But, uh, basically, the boat is caught in a giant wave, and Mako, Mako survives, and, uh, but his father is gone, which later, Mako realizes that the lifeboat is gone, so he thinks that his father escaped using the lifeboat, and he wants to win the tournament to win the $3 million or whatever it was so that he can buy a boat and go find his father. Um, I have a question. Yeah, I had a big question. <laughs> when the storm's coming on, his idea to save his son is a time to the boat. Yeah. <laughs> but you think the boat would just go under, and then he's tied to it, stuck to it, and he's going to drown. But somehow that exactly. saved him. <laughs> I'm not a sailor, but I would think, okay, so the water is coming on top of the boat. Glassy <laughs> <laughs> does not be tied to it. He's tied onto it, and he's going to drown with no chance to survive. The Such other a thing, bad idea. So Mako's theory is that his father, in the midst of being, you know, thrown around by the ocean, somehow gets the lifeboat 
and uses that to survive. If he's able to get the lifeboat and survive using the lifeboat, why doesn't he stay on the boat with Mako? Yeah, I don't what, understand. What is that the situation? I can't, uh, you know, in what scenario is that possible? None of it's but, possible. And none of it makes sense. So I'm thinking maybe, maybe Mako's father was lost in the ocean and died. But also the lifeboat was lost in the ocean. And Mako is just hoping, you know, he's holding out hope. I think it's unrelated, but Mako's just hoping that his father was on the lifeboat and survived. Knowing Yu-Gi-Oh, the way that they tell the stories, I'm sure that actually related and Mako's father actually survived using the boat. But that's my theory. Yeah, I I don't know how any of it would be possible. Like realistically I'd assume he's dead, but the lifeboat's the lifeboat's missing. What does that even mean? Like it's a storm. It is because it got taken away in a storm. Exactly. So But you know he uh, lowered the lifeboat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a sailor. I don't know a lot about boats. <laughs> but I don't see why he couldn't have just stayed on the boat if he was able to escape using the lifeboat. But no moving sense. past that. So back to the duel. Do you have Unless he was time? trying to kill Mako, he timed to the boat and then left out on the lifeboat. Honestly, <laughs> and maybe Mako like. wants to go find his boat, his dad to have revenge against his dad. I don't know. Time to the lifeboat. Oh my god, that's dark. <laughs> that's All right, really dark. and then they go back to the duel. And Yugi has a stone soldier with uh, increased defense. It's at 2,600. Mm-hmm. But Mako decides to attack with all three of his monsters at once, which I don't think is possible once again, but what does it matter? And if you want to get into possibilities, Yugi switches his stone soldier to attack mode and destroys the moon. <laughs> <laughs> so that takes the tides away. And he plays Curse of Dragon with burning land attack which i don't think that's a real card i've never heard of that i wanted to look that up and that defeats him i'm not sure how it defeats him but it defeats him and then i was just left baffled i didn't know what i just watched but the high five at the end made me know everything was okay (laughs) all right well first off i believe he played the moon card at the beginning of the duel yeah he did but still. It's not like he destroys the actual moon. That's a little bit misleading. <laughs> it looked like it. But also, yes, the sweet... I have it written down. Sweet it still predator affected the tides. Yeah, no, it did. It did affect the tides, and I think that was the point of it. But yeah, no, they have the sweet predator handshake, which is just like, you know, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Predator, where it just zooms in on the buys. Awesome, awesome handshake. Classic. Yeah, that was... That was the only good part of this one. Yeah. So uh, they decide to uh, head back out, and everyone's still hungry. And Yugi's like, uh, you know, Mako might have some more fish, but we're probably going to have to duel him. And Joey's just like, ah, forget about it. And that's kind of how Did you forget Mako's exit? I guess I did, yeah. I don't have it right now. Uh, He says, oh, yeah, I need to go get more fish. And just jumps off the cliff into the water, just starts swimming into the deep sea. That's insane. (laughs) Mako... (laughs) Is badass and make <laughs> I was like, okay, so he's going like that. Yeah. So, all right. Um, anything before the ratings and reviews? No, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> yeah, I, no sense. Yeah, I also didn't like it. I thought that the, like you said, the battle wasn't great. Um, do you want to give your rating first, or 
Yeah, I think it's gonna be an all-time low. It's uh, thirty-nine. What? Yeah. You definitely use more of the spectrum than I do. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to, and I was yeah. thinking, I was like, this might be one of the worst ones ever. So I'm gonna put it pretty far down. Wow. I don't know if I would say it's one of the worst <laughs> ones ever. It's the worst one we've seen so far. And but, I, I, yeah. I'm just thinking ahead. I'm like, can it get much worse than this? This was so terrible. Yeah. So the battling <laughs> the battling was bad. I, I feel like there weren't a lot of analogs to the actual real card game, which I don't like when they do that. But you know, it has some good lines from Joey. Uh, Mako just cracks me up. Uh, the backstory was pretty good for Mako. You know, it gives everyone... Everyone has a reason to be fighting in this tournament, which I like. Um, I didn't like it really, but I thought it was pretty good. So I went with a 70. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'll remember that. <laughs> that is crazy. I well, I thought you're thirty. What was it, thirty nine? What did you yeah, do? Yeah, thirty nine. Why did you do thirty nine anyway? Why did you just do forty? Because <laughs> I was like, it deserve. It doesn't deserve to be in the forties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe I have to rethink my scaling here. But yeah, that's kind of what I did today because it was so bad. I was like, all right, well, is it going to be worse than this? I was like, there can't be many, so let me put a thirty nine uh, so I can fit some others underneath still if I have to. I definitely don't think it's as bad as you're making it out to be. I don't... If you're watching a random Yu-Gi-Oh! episode, I don't know if I recommend this episode, but... Uh, yeah, don't, yeah, no. <laughs> don't watch this one as your first. <laughs> but I don't know if it's the worst thing or not. But either way, moving past that, um, anything you have to add before we move into the final segment? No, that's it. Okay, cool. So we'll start with the question of the week. So the question of the week this week is... Who is your favorite starter generation? Like, which generation of Pokemon has the best starter? So, Sean, you can go first. Um, for my choice, I'm going to base this entirely off looks. <laughs> I like the way these look. Uh, Gen okay. 7 is awesome. Okay. Which so I used... I never thought I would go a leader generation because I'm so yeah. into uh, the original ones. But... Mm -hmm. I think what got me the most is the grass starter is actually good. <laughs> like, usually I don't like the way the grass starters look. Like, mm -hmm. Trico's okay. Don't like the final evolution. Snivy's okay. Final evolution, also weird. But Rowlet yeah. looks sick, and the final evolution is so dope. Yeah. Um, and then Litten is my favorite one in there. Uh, I like the whole Litten line. And then Popplio is just, it's a otter. Or, yeah, I guess an otter. Or seal, I mean, it's seal? like a seal. Yeah, sorry, it's an otter. And I, yeah, I no, think it was pretty seal. dope. That's I think that yeah, storyline's no. the best. Yeah, it's definitely one of the best looking generations for sure. I love the first four. I was thinking about going for Gen Four, which I love. It's got Jim Char, Pip Piplup, who's one of my favorite starters of all time, and Turtwig. But I think, you know, I always give these basic answers, but you got to, sometimes the obvious answer is the right answer. Gen 1. I mean, how can you beat it? Charizard, Squirtle, and, sorry, Charmander, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur. I mean, the most iconic. So, 
top five most iconic Pokemon of all time, those three. Yeah, it's one of the what? ones where it's actually hard to pick in the in the game. Exactly, you know. I mean, besides I Bulbasaur, <laughs> I hardly ever pick Bulbasaur. Sometimes I, I do. I ever have. Help helps with the first gym. It helps beat Brock. First but. two gyms. First two, I can't. Misty's the second gym. Yeah, true, of course. Just yeah, watch that today. That episode. Yeah. <laughs> you black out every time we get on here. <laughs> as soon as we get to the question of the week everything is gone from the segments so alright um, so that's the episode uh, anything you want to add um no uh, happy memorial day recording this on memorial day day late shout out to all of the veteran families and everyone that serves this country yep um okay uh well then what was our uh, sign-off this week? It is sink that soggy sucker, Yugi. Forget them, about uh, it. Them hoes still <laughs> sucking. <laughs> <laughs>